Chapter 30 of Things Worth Doing and How to Do Them. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Tatiana Chichilla. Things Worth Doing and How to Do Them by Lena Beard and Adelia B. Beard. Chapter 30. How to Make Your Own Easter Cards and Gifts. Everything awakens with new life and rejoices on Easter, and the dear old earth smiles with sympathy and brings her offering of sweet flowers. It is the day when all people, little and big, young and old, should be filled with joy, because Easter means the resurrection. It means life, light, and immortality. It is the blessed assurance and certainty that love and goodness are realities of life. Far more precious are they than the inanimate material things you can see and touch. But we can use material things to convey to our friends the invisible, wonderful good of love, joy, kindness, sympathy, tenderness, and friendship. A simple, inexpensive Easter card may carry with it happiness, for it is sweet to be remembered, and you can think of many designs from which to choose a cheery greeting to send to everyone. Cards made to represent Easter flowers are always welcome. Trace figure 491 on heavy paper. Paint the flowers to resemble as nearly as possible the natural blossoms, shading the lily lightly and coloring the passion flower in natural hues. Paint the violet a light blue-purple and its foliage green. When dry, cut out the design. Then bend the card at the dotted lines that each flower may stand erect, supported by the blank back piece in a tent-like fashion. When bent, the card will form three tents in a row, with the smallest in front, as in figure 492. If you are not able to paint the flowers satisfactorily, use any colored printed flowers you happen to have, either the embossed ones that come for scrapbooks, or those cut from colored advertisements or newspapers. Select three different blossoms or groups of flowers, and, taking the largest first, lay it down flat on a strip of stiff paper with the stems or lower part toward the edge of the paper, then run a pencil line entirely around the edge of the flower. This will give a blank enclosed by the outline of the flower. Place the same blossom on the paper again, being sure to bring the top of the flower to meet the top of the outline flower, in order that the two parts may fit. Then make a second tracing. Examine the lily in figure 491 and you will understand more clearly. Unless the two flower tops meet, one side of the flower tent will be upside down. Place the middle-sized blossom on the paper with the lower part next to the lower portion of the first and largest flower, in the same way that the back support of the passion flower meets the lily stems in figure 491. Trace this twice as you did the first design. The last and smallest flower must be traced in like manner. Notice in figure 491 that the leaves of the violet meet the lower part of the passion flower, while the blossom of the violet meets the outline of the blossom. When you comprehend the principle, the work will be very easy. Paste each bright blossom immediately in front of its back support, then cut out the entire long card and bend it into three tents, which will enable the flowers to stand up and look very attractive. These floral cards may be folded and brought together in flat layers, to be sent by mail without danger of injury. The cross is a most appropriate design for Easter. You can make one of cardboard which will stand alone. Figures 493 and 494 from stiff paper, and make the slit down through the top of one and up through the bottom of the other. Then slide the two crosses together by placing figure 493 at right angles down through the top of figure 494. Adjust the two pieces and your cross will resemble figure 495. The card may be closed flat by turning the two crosses until they lie closely against each other. You can decorate this double cross by painting or pasting flowers on it and lettering it with the words Easter Greeting. Another new design is the tulip bud, figure 496. This you can open at will and make it blossom. Open it still further and the petals appear as if ready to fall, as in figure 497. Cut figure 498 out of white paper and paint it to resemble a tulip petal. Make five more petals, then trace figure 499 on a piece of cardboard. Fit the six petals together and place them on top of the tulip stem, figure 499. Hold the petals firmly in position while you run a coarse needle and thread through the petals and cardboard back in order to fasten the flowers on the stem. 
not the thread on the outside of the pedals, and also on the wrong side of the pasteboard card. Figure 500 shows the knot on the lower portion of the pedals. Draw the thread tight to keep the pedals firmly in place. Paint the stem and leaves green and paste a small round piece of paper over each of the knots, which fasten the flower on its stem, as shown in figure 501. When the bit of paper is painted, it will never be noticed. You can use this idea with another flower if you do not understand painting and watercolors. The dainty bloodroot wildflower blossom is pure white, and you can cut the petals of white paper and fasten the flowers on gray-green cardboard. Paste the stem securely down and sew the petals in place in the same manner as those of the tulip. The bloodroot will look especially pretty when you move the petals and cause the snowy flowers to open. One of the most beautiful of manufactured Easter eggs was the one presented to an infanta of Spain some years ago. The Gospel of Easter Day was inscribed on the inside of the white enameled shell, and when a secret spring was touched, a little bird would fly out and sing. It was said to have cost $4,000. We can make an Easter egg card that will give almost, if not quite as much pleasure, for not more than four cents. This will be of pasteboard and will fold flat like the cross, but when opened, a little chicken will sit up on the inside with its beak open and its wings lifted as if ready to sing its little chicky song. More than that, our egg will stand firmly on one end as Christopher Columbus made his famous egg stand. Trace figures 502, 503, and 504. Slide the first egg, figure 502, in at right angles through the second, figure 503. Fit the slits into each other. Paint the chicken, figure 504, a soft light yellow, and when dry, make the markings with ink. Then slide the slit at the feet of the chicken diagonally over the lower cross portion of the two eggs, and you will have figure 505. In Jerusalem, the Easter bells ring out at precisely 9 o'clock in the morning, telling people that the religious ceremony of the washing of the feet is about to take place in the large court just outside the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. On Easter morning in our own land, the church bells ring out joyously, and the gladdened note seems to be given unconsciously by the bell ringer, some of his Easter joy having entered into his work. Our Easter card of bells is fashioned after the old Spanish style of architecture, in which the church bells are often seen suspended in open alcoves, which are built up flat above the body of the church. Copy figure 506 on cardboard and cut it out. Make three bells like figure 507 and fasten one on each of the three round dots of the church belfry, figure 506. Sew the bells in place as you did the tulip petals, but in this case allow the thread to be a trifle looser, that the bells may sway back and forth as if ringing when you move the card. Cut up the slit through the center of the stand of the card and crease along the dotted line, bending half of the stand forward and the other half backward. This will give a good platform and the card will stand alone, figure 508. Make the belfry, figure 506, of a warm gray-colored cardboard and gild the cross and bells. When dry, indicate a slight shading with pen and ink. Here are some original Easter toys to be used as small gifts or novel dinner cards. Let the comical little turtle be the first you make. Draw on heavy writing paper, figure 509. Cut it out, and from white tissue paper make two strips like figure 510. Paint eyes and mouth on the head and mark the feet. Then with strong glue or sealing wax, cover the edges of an eggshell cut lengthwise and place it on figure 509. Next, fasten a strip of tissue paper, 510, along the side of the turtle between the fore and hind foot, making the strip reach partly on the eggshell and partly underneath the writing paper. This is to make the eggshell and the heavy writing paper adhere more firmly together. Fasten the remaining strip on the other side of the turtle in the same way, bend the head up a little and the tail down, and also bend all the feet down, and the result will be a queer little Easter turtle able to stand alone, figure 511. Now for the funny little pig, figure 512. Select a good-sized white egg and blow out its contents in this way. Carefully bore a hole at each end of the egg, enlarging them only sufficiently to enable you to send its contents out of one end by blowing in the hole at the other end of the egg. This done, cut from strong, stiff paper or cardboard diagram, 
figure 513, the tail, figure 514, the foreleg, figure 515, the hind leg, figure 516, the ear. Make two ears, two fore and two hind legs. Mark eyes, nose, and mouth on the small end of the shell. Curl the tail with penknife or scissors and glue it on the pig by spreading out the slits and fastening them on the back of the pig. Then in turn, glue and place the legs and ears, and behold, the pig. Figure 512. The spoon, figure 517, requires a lengthwise half of an eggshell, a piece of stiff cardboard, and a bit of plain white tissue paper for its manufacture. Cut the edges of half a shell evenly all around with a pair of sharp scissors, being careful not to crack the shell during the operation. Then cut the handle from cardboard, figure 518. Glue and attach the handle with sealing wax on the outside of the small end of the shell, bending the handle down a little where it joins the shell. Secure the handle still more tightly in place by fastening a piece of tissue paper, 519, over that portion of the handle which is glued to the eggshell, allowing the tissue paper to extend out a little beyond either side of the handle and fasten the extensions tight down on the shell. When finished, the spoon can be gilded along the edges or otherwise ornamented, figure 517. An umbrella made of half an eggshell would protect us from the rain if only it were large enough, but such an umbrella is a good size for your purpose, because you desire an odd little toy, and here it is, figure 520. To make the umbrella, cut from paper, figure 521, and fold it together as in 522. Turn down and outward the upper flaps, then glue the two sides of the folded handle tightly together. Next, fasten the spread out flaps down on the inside center of half an eggshell with sealing wax. Be sure to make the handle come in the middle of the shell, otherwise the umbrella will lop over a little to one side. The rim and handle may be painted brown or black, and lines to represent the seams of a real umbrella can be made on the outer surface of the shell. The doll's chair is not difficult to make. Cut figure 523 from medium weight paper, not too heavy, ornament it as in figure 524 or in any other way you might fancy. Then take half an eggshell and glue the chair seat over the open end with melted sealing wax. Bend the back in an upright position and allow the slit edges of the seat to be bent down on the eggshell and fastened in place. The bottom of the shell must be leveled off a little and the hole covered with a piece of paper in order to make the chair stand up as it should. If tinted paper be used in making this toy, it enhances the appearance, though the colored paper is not necessary, as white ornamented makes a very pretty little chair. Strawberry. The strawberry is in reality a candy box. Take a fine-looking egg and blow out its contents, then dye or paint it red, and with black ink mark the dots as in figure 525. Next, fill the eggshell with small candies and cover the opening at the top with a piece of green tissue paper cut like figure 526. Fasten the paper on the shell with paste used sparingly and only where it is necessary. On the top of the strawberry, glue a bow of narrow green ribbon and the candy box will be finished and ready for a unique Easter gift. A little hanging basket can be fashioned from half an eggshell with narrow ribbon pasted over its edge a bow of the ribbon on the bottom, and two more at the sides, covering the ends of a loop of the same narrow ribbon, securely glued on the shell. Figure 527. The doll's cradle, figure 528, is made by breaking the egg in the desired shape, first drawing a line with pencil so that it may be correct, then piercing the pencil line with a fine needle. The wee cradle thus formed is pasted on rockers made of stiff paper and bent down at each end. Figure 529. The bird's nest is simply half of an eggshell, the outside covered first with a thin coat of glue, and then with moss. This is to be filled with candy eggs. Figure 530. Sailboat. The eggshell boat will sail very prettily in a basin of water. It is half of a shell with a tissue paper sail. Figure 531. And the mast cut of stiff paper. Figure 532. Folded at the dotted line. Figure 533 is the sail cut from colored or white tissue paper. The straight edge of the sail is placed in the fold of the mast, and the two halves of the mast pasted together down the cross line at the bottom. This lower part is slit up, as in diagram 532, 
and the flaps bent in opposite direction. These are used for braces and holding the mast upright and are glued to the bottom of the boat. The pennant, figure 534, is cut of bright colored tissue paper and fastened on the top of the sail, figure 531. The Mikado, fashioned from an egg. The egg must first be pierced at both ends and the contents blown out, leaving the hollow shell. Then a face, as nearly as possible resembling the Mikado, painted on the egg. A narrow strip of black paper, that in casing needles will answer the purpose, must be pasted on the back of the head and made to stand erect with the top end curled forward as in figure 535. The egg should then be painted black except the face, as seen in the picture. The head must be made to stand in the same manner that Columbus made his egg stand, by leveling off a portion of the end. To make the pincushion, figure 536, cut two pieces of satin or silk of any desired color by pattern, figure 537, sew the two pieces together, leaving a small opening. Fill the bag with bran, sew up the opening, and tie around the egg cushion a narrow ribbon matching the color of the cushion, making a fancy bow at one end and a bow in loops at the other. Place in pins to form the word Easter, figure 536. Figure 538 shows the head of Napoleon, and that you may not be behind the times in your hero worship, I am going to tell you how to make a little Napoleon for yourself. At least you may make a Napoleon head, and Napoleon's head was really the greatest part of him. His heart, I fear, was not so great, and his body, we know, was insignificant. Use a goose egg for the head. The dimensions given for the hat are intended for a large egg. Blow the egg from the shell in the manner described. Make the largest hole in the small end of the shell and enlarge this hole to the size of a silver dime. Now, Napoleon had what is called a well-balanced head. That was one cause of his greatness. It could not be upset by anything that went on around him. So to make a head that will bear the stamp of Napoleon's character, we must contrive to have it keep in position or balance, to stand erect, unaided, and alone. And it can be done in this way. When the egg has been blown from the shell, place the shell in a perfectly upright position, large and down, in an egg cup, or anything that will hold it steady. Into the large hole pour a little melted sealing wax, and on top of that pour a little melted lead, or some pieces of shot, taking care to have the weight fall directly in the center to make a perfect balance. Figure 539 is Napoleon's face, which you must draw on one side of the egg with black ink. Ink the hair black. Blacken the shell on the other side, too, for the hair on the back of the head. In drawing the face on the shell, remember that the largest end of the shell is the chin, the smallest end the top of the head. To be sure, the real Napoleon never had a hole in the top of his head that we ever heard of, but the hole in the top of our Napoleon's head will not show when his hat is on, and as the hat is to be glued in place, no one will ever be any the wiser. Chapeau bras, as Napoleon would have called it, in which means a military cocked hat, you must have some black paper. For the brim, a piece of five inches square will be needed, as it measures just that many inches from front to back and from side to side. Cut out the brim from pattern, figure 540. Cut the hole near the center and cut the slits around it as shown by the heavy lines. Bend up the little strips or laps, as denoted by the dotted line around the hole. The other dotted lines show where the brim is to be turned up front and back, but the crown must be glued on first. Figure 541 is the pattern of the crown. From front to back, it measures 3 inches. From side to side at its widest part, 3 and a quarter inches. At the narrowest part, the measure is 2 inches. The heavy line shows where it is to be cut, the dotted line where it is to be folded. Turn in the laps at the sides, bring them together, and paste neatly. Fit the crown on the brim, over the laps of the brim, and paste the laps of the brim to the inside of the crown. Turn up the brim according to the dotted lines on figure 540. At the points shown by the crosses on the front of the brim, put a drop of paste and bring them up to meet the crosses on the crown of the chapeau. Place Napoleon's chapeau on Napoleon's head as in figure 538 and glue it to the shell. Now set the little hero before you on the table, touch him with your finger, and if the weight has been well placed, he will nod and bow, but his head will always regain its level position. Hero though he is, Napoleon is the better for a companion, and we will give him his first wife, Josephine, 
whom he crowned Empress of France on December 2nd, 1805, the day of his own coronation. To express in a measure the regal dignity of Josephine on that occasion, her head must also be held erect. Prepare the shell, therefore, as you did the one for Napoleon's head, with this difference. Place the weight in the small end of the egg instead of the large end. Draw Josephine's queenly countenance, figure 542, on the eggshell, placing her chin at the small end. Make her tiara of gold paper, which you can spangle if you like, to represent the diamonds of which it was composed. Figure 543 shows how to cut it. Figure 544 is a pattern for her crown, and should also be made of gold paper. Paste the two ends of the band of the crown together to form a circle, then draw the ends of the arches together to meet in the middle, over the top. Fasten these together with needle and thread, on which a small glass bead has been strung. The bead will hide the stitches, and also take the place of the small cross which occupies that position on the crown of the real empress. With your finger, curve the arches out, as shown in the sketch of the finished head, figure 545. The crown and tiara are not fastened together, but are placed on separately, for Josephine wore the diamond tiara when she was crowned. Glue the tiara to the head first, bringing the ends around to meet rather low down at the back, then set the crown back of the tiara and glue in place. From a piece of white tissue paper, cut a rough, after pattern, figure 546. Crimp the rough with the blade of a knife or scissors, and glue to the back and sides of Josephine's head. These little heads will be very amusing if you place them opposite each other and set them nodding and bowing. Josephine to Napoleon, and Napoleon to Josephine. The materials used for the good morning chick are simply an eggshell, a piece of wire, some light yellow worsted, two black beads, and a small piece of writing paper. Select a nice large egg, and with a sharp knife cut off the small end as evenly as possible. Figure 547. After emptying the shell, rinse it carefully, and while it is drying, make the chicken's head. Figure 548. Cut from a light quality of cardboard two rings, like figure 549, place them together, and with the worsted wrap the rings over and over, as shown in figure 549, until the hole in the center is nearly filled up. Then, holding it firmly between the forefinger and thumb, insert the point of a pair of sharp scissors in the outer edge, slipping it between the two rings. Cut the worsted all the way around, and, still holding it firmly, slide a piece of strong thread between the rings, and drawing it around once, tie tightly. Take the rings from the ball thus made, and clip and trim it perfectly round. Sew the two round black beads on the head for eyes, Make the beak of writing paper after figures 550 and 551. Figure 550 is the upper, figure 551 the lower part of beak. Pinch into shape as shown by dotted lines, and with a little mucilage stick the upper end of 551 to the underside of figure 550, as in figure 552. Paint the beak a light yellow and gum to the head. Figure 548 shows the head complete. Holes must now be made in the shell for the legs to come through, as shown in figure 547. This is done by boring carefully with a large, sharp-pointed needle, being cautious not to crack the shell in the process, until the holes are large enough to admit the wire. Use a piece of ordinary black hat wire, four inches long, for the legs. Bend in the shape of figure 553 and slip through the holes in the shell. Cut a piece of wire two inches long and another one inch in length for the foot. Bend in the shape of figure 554 and fasten to the leg by wrapping tightly with black linen thread. Fit the head in the hole left in the small end of the shell, and if the work has been well done, the chicken will look very natural indeed. The small piece of shell taken from the end will give it a still more cunning appearance if fastened on the chicken's head, figure 555. This little trifle makes a very pretty bonbonniere, as the shell is quite strong enough to hold candy, and the head may be removed to allow of its being filled or emptied. To make the good night chick, first blow the egg, then, boring with a needle in the manner previously described, run a line of perforations lengthwise around the shell, as seen in figure 556. This will allow the shells being opened quite evenly. Cover the edges neatly with lute string ribbon pasted down on both sides like a binding. Paste a piece of the same ribbon, 12 inches long, across the two halves of the shell to connect them, as in figure 557. 
Make the little chicken, which should nestle cozily within the shell, of two worsted balls, using rings two inches in diameter for the body. Trim the body into a slightly oval shape. The chicken's head is made in the same way as described for good morning. Glue it to the body. In the illustration, figure 558, the shell is shown both closed and open, which will give some idea of what a pretty little gift it really makes. The entire chicken must be glued in the shell as it is not intended to come out. End of chapter 30.